You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Wednesday, June 9th, 2021. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Matt Baxendale. A lot to get into. The Buckeyes have vaulted back to the number one class in the country, back in the saddle again. They were a number one for a while back, and they were a number two. Now they're back to number one. We'll get into the 2022 class as a whole in a moment. Let's start with the young man that allowed them to vault back to the number one ranking he is Caleb Brown, four-star wide receiver, high four-star wide receiver, the number six wide receiver in the country, number 63 overall player in the country, young man out of Chicago, backs. Brian Hartline continues to prove he's not bad at this recruiting thing. Yeah, this one's fun because um, not too long ago, people were talking about him as a big Michigan lean, right? And then the first weekend he's allowed to go to Ohio State, he visits and commits. So shows you how much of a lean he really was in that not at all. Um, I think we're at the spot right now where Brian Hartline is essentially going to be bringing in three elite receivers every single year, period. Uh, At a time where the transfer portal is becoming a bigger and bigger thing, and there's only one football to share between all these talented players coming in, you're going to have to continually restock the cupboard for kids coming out of high school, right? So, you know, this is what we're seeing at this point with, with the elite kids that are coming to to Ohio State. It's yet another top 10 receiver, top 100 kid. Like, we've said this how many times, Dave, where Ohio State lands another big commitment, and we go, oh, yeah, okay, ho-hum. Like, (laughs) there were times when this was the number one rated recruit in OSU's class. They're in the Trestle era, like successful years, where a kid ranked 63rd nationally was the best kid in the OSU class. And now we're like, okay, that's cool. Yep, not surprised. Like, it's insane how good Ohio State is recruiting. I don't think there's ever been a period in time where Ohio State in the history of the program has recruited close to the level they're at right now. So this 2022 class, number one in the country again, and they have a wide margin right now over number two LSU. Ohio State has 254 recruiting points. LSU has 229. Number three, Georgia, 225. What I love looking at is average player ranking Ohio State number two in the country the only one ranked ahead of them to no surprise Alabama not much ahead of them Alabama is you know a couple percentage points ahead of them a couple tenths of a percentage point I should say ahead of them Alabama has the 12th class in the country for those that are wondering they only have seven commits though what I love about this Ohio State class though backs I mean my goodness four five stars seven four stars and they do have three or excuse me, two three-stars, and I don't think that the two three-stars will be three-stars. I think they'll both be four-stars. So four five-stars, seven four-stars so far, and two three-stars, and the rich is just going to keep getting richer. This 2022 class, we'll see, man. I don't know if they're going to finish number one. I'll take them finishing number two. That's worked out pretty well in the past. Well, and when your average recruit ranking is right around a 95, that's absurd. Like, if you look at the history of of what the 24-7 composite has looked like since this system was come up with, 
class average rankings near 95 are barely a thing, right? Like Ohio State, I think it's at like 94.5 or 6 or something like that. I don't have the number right in front of me, but it's a big number. And at the end of the day, you know, you can talk about, remember how we always used to talk about oversigning and how it inflated recruiting rankings and yada, yada, yada. And we'd always talk about average star rankings. Well, that, now, nowadays, if you're Ohio State, it's not like you're at the top of one of these classes right now early on, and you've got a bunch of kids that, you know, you've got a large, a large number. And the schools like Bama that are getting these high star ratings per player are going to catch up eventually. Ohio State's average star ranking is enormously good right now. And some of these four-star kids they have are barely off of five-star territory, right? Like, I think Gabe Powers ranked, like, 43rd in the country or something like that right now. He's just off off of five-star status. I mean, 63rd in the country is not far off either. So this is a elite recruiting class. And it's year after year. It's not like they're having a really good year and then they're 17th the next year. Like, this is a consistent pattern for Ohio State not just during the Urban Meyer era, but going into the Ryan Day years. And, you know, this is this is what a hyper-elite program looks like. They're picking and choosing of the best recruits in the country. And honestly, it's, it's, it's like I've almost lost my uh, excitement about getting literally any recruits. I'm like, yeah, we're going to land 12 kids in the top 100 every year. It's a guarantee. Like, and I'm not play- downplaying this. It's just, the recruiting is so absurd. It, it seems like it's a video game. It really does. And, you know, it's amazing that Ohio State's recruiting continues to be this good every single year. They're going to add multiple more 2022 recruits, I'm sure, this month. One might be Gabriel Harris. He was committed to Florida State. He has decommitted from Florida State. He is a high four-star defensive end, number 84 overall player in the country, according to the 24-7 Sports Composite, a young man from Georgia. How you feeling about Gabriel Harris as it pertains to the Buckeyes backs? Well, you know, it's a good sign when a kid visits your campus and then actively decommits from another school, right? And you know the old rule about Florida, right, is if you have a commitment, you know who's in the lead, right? But at the end of the day, I think that this is a, this is a very telling sign that a kid would come visit Ohio State far from home. Though Ohio State's had plenty of Georgia kids come up to uh, Columbus uh, it's it's really not that long of a drive if you're in the northern Georgia Atlanta area. Uh, at the end of the day, it's a very telling timing. You're allowed to visit places again. You make a trip to Ohio State and you immediately drop the school you were committed to before. And again, this is another one of those top 100 kids that it wouldn't shock me one bit to end up in Ohio State's class, right? Ho hum, another top 100 kid. It wouldn't shock me at all if we had a commitment here. I think if you're Ohio State, you have to hope this turns into a commitment pretty soon, though, right? Like if he's decommitting, then you need to have the kid turn around and put himself in your fold pretty quickly. And then from that point, you can play defense the rest of the cycle for him. And I think Ohio State really, like you said, this is the first of potentially many more commitments to come in the next month or so. And we're still talking about 2022. Heck, they're not even done with 2021. You got our boy JTT coming out from Washington to visit in a week. So who knows about all the different commits Ohio State could see this month alone. But I do think you're going to see another one or two 2022 kids end up in Ohio State's column at some point in the next month here. Yes, as you mentioned, we're a week and a half away from JTT's visit to Ohio State. What's your vibe on that? Well, I think at this point we have to let it all play out. You know, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. And 
everybody has their opinion on what they think JTT is going to do, but he strikes me as a kid who doesn't know yet what he wants to do, right? He's a kid who, at the end of the day, has not been able to visit the majority of his top schools, and he wants his family to go with him. So you have to let him make his trips. You have to let him make his decisions. And honestly, Ohio State's going to get a shot with him on campus during beautiful weather. They're going to be able to sell him on the program across the board. I bet you they push for a commitment hard when he's here, but I don't think he's going to commit until he's done all five visits, right? End of the day, it's just like with Emeka Egbuka up there out of Washington. We were all worried OSU didn't get the last visit. Going to be Oklahoma. Oh, my gosh. At the end of the day, he made a business decision, and he's in Columbus now. So, fingers crossed, I think, is where we're at right now. This has to play out. And I don't even think JTT knows what he's doing at this point. So, you know, I I think at the end of the day, we're just going to have to hope Ohio State puts their best foot forward, which you know they will. And hope it's enough to hold off the the Alabama dog at the very end. I want to ask you about offensive line recruiting in the 2022 class. Two specific guys, Zach Rice and Emil Wagner. Zach Rice, five-star. Emil Wagner, four-star, the number one offensive lineman in Ohio, number 10 offensive tackle in the country, number 109 overall. And he's from the Ohio State pipeline. That is Huber Heights Wayne. I think Emil Wagner is definitely going to be a Buckeye. Let me know if you agree with that. And how are you feeling about the Buckeyes' chances with Zach Rice, Bax? Well, let's start with Emil Wagner because he's the easier one to talk about. He will be a Buckeye. The, the spawn of Braxton Miller's high school football program will not turn down Ohio State at the end of the day. I think that initially with the pandemic, there was some, um, I don't want to say hurt feelings, but maybe disappointment he wasn't offered quicker. But now that he's been able to be on campus, that seems to have been quickly surpassed. I think he's going to end up at Ohio State. And it, I will still give the same response I gave before. 109, 100, look, that's an elite prospect. He's one of the best kids in Ohio. And we talk about all this national recruiting. You cannot overlook the home front, right? This is a kid in Emil Wagner who you know wants to be a Buckeye. And at the end of the day, he's going to be one. I feel very confident. If they gave me a crystal ball, I'd have it sitting at 10. It's a good thing they don't give me a crystal ball because I haven't actually talked to Emil Wagner, but everything you see about this is quite simply looking that he's going to be an Ohio kid who stays at Ohio State. No reason to believe otherwise. Zach Rice, on the other hand, is a really interesting one. He made a visit to Ohio State right out the bat. He's a Virginia kid, and they spent a lot of time, him and his mom, when they visited, talking to Travion Henderson about their experience. Ohio State has a good track record of some kids from Virginia coming up to OSU. Remember Jalen Holmes, right? There's a kid who came to Ohio State and was a, was a solid draft pick after a couple of years. And if you remember back during the pandemic era, where there was a whole spell of kids on Instagram who all put something like Ohio State or Buckeyes 22 or something in their profiles all at once. And everybody was sitting freaking out for like five hours on the front row, like, oh my God, are they all committing? Well, Rice was one of them. In fact, he might've been the first one of them. And at the end of the day, I I do think the kid has a really high opinion on Ohio State. I don't think he's going to pull the trigger right away. You never know. But I, I think he's a kid who strongly, strongly is looking at Ohio State. It would not shock me whatsoever if they landed him. And Ohio State's the kind of school that's been reeling in these elite kind of kids. So I have to say, I have a pretty decent feeling about Rice. I certainly don't think they trail anybody. But I do think it's going to be a little bit of time before we get an answer on where he's ending up. So last thing on the show here, Bax, 
Rutgers is ranked number five in recruiting. In the Big Ten? No. In the country, Rutgers is ranked number five in the country in recruiting in the 2022 class. Will they finish there? No. But they're going to finish with a top 15 class, I would bet. And the fact they're even fifth right now is amazing. Greg Schiano doing work. It's almost like he learned something uh, from the likes of Urban Meyer and Mark Pantone when, in, when he was here in Columbus. You know, I'm not surprised Greg Schiano is doing well at Rutgers. I am surprised he's doing this well in recruiting, though, because that was never like a thing that he was really known for. But again, I think he learned a lot during his time at Ohio State. Just speak on the fact that Rutgers is ranked fifth in recruiting right now. And Michigan's barely in the top 25. Ah! Yeah, this is <laughs> this is uh this is twist like that knife. Yeah, we're just gonna keep twisting it. Remember all those New Jersey kids that used to get up there and then they ran out of staff positions to hire New Jersey high school football coaches and started losing football games. And now, you know, they're still the champions of recruiting New Hampshire or whatever. Good luck. Good job, Jimmy. Great work. But uh, no, Rutgers right now is like we're playing uh, we're playing NCAA football on the Xbox with Rutgers Al, and he's Rutgers. And maybe he's not that great at the games yet, but man, he's loving the recruiting on it. And uh, you know, they have five kids that are four-star players. And if you look where they're getting them from, they have the number one kid in the state of New Jersey, which is what they would need to do. Like Rutgers formula is not that complex, right? You try to get a dozen kids out of the top 25 from New Jersey. You pick up some Pennsylvania, some New York, some Maryland, and some Virginia kids, and then maybe supplement with a little bit of Florida, right? That was what Shiano did to pretty good success when he was there in the Big East days. Well, Rutgers right now with five four-star kids, they only have like 13 commitments. So it's not like you're sitting there with like 19 three-star kids, and they're obviously going to get blown past. Like Minnesota did this last year. At one point, they were in the top 10. And everybody's like, wow, look at Minnesota. Holy cow, way to go. Row the boat. Well, it's because they had like 18 commitments and like 17 of them were three-star kids. And they ended up finishing in like the top 30 or whatever. or They may have even been top 25. The Big Ten had a sneaky good recruiting year last year. Like if you go back and look, because like when I saw this Rutgers thing and I put it on the front row the other day, I went back and looked at last year's recruiting rankings. And much to my shock, there were seven Big Ten schools in the top 25. That's a really good finish for a league that doesn't often get the, the credit sometimes for some of these recruits. But I digress. End of the day, Rutgers with 13 commitments, five of which are four-star or better kids. I bet you they land a couple more of those upper-end kids. And like you said, it's probably going to be a top 15 class. And that's mind-bogglingly good for a Rutgers program that was reasonably scrappy last year that frankly should have beaten Michigan. I'm not saying that you're going to see Rutgers go out and win 10 games anytime soon, but it's very clear that Greg Schiano is taking his lessons learned from his time at Ohio State and applying all the cachet he has in, in the tri-state area there near New York City, and it's paying dividends in recruiting. Uh, it also makes Tennessee look like a bunch of morons for running this guy off, considering how well he's recruiting, and Tennessee hasn't sniffed the top five class in like two decades. So, yeah, Rutgers is doing something right. I, there's no other way about it. They're, they're living right right now, and I have to think that that class is going to end up being the best recruiting class in Rutgers history by a, a pretty big bullet. But Dave, it all starts on the home front for them, right? Like when Ohio State was trying to get its stuff back together, whenever Jim Trestle took over, what did they do? They looked at home. They kept the best kids at home and they focused on that. Right now, Rutgers has like eight kids out of the top 25 in this year's class in the state of New Jersey in their recruiting class. And if they keep doing stuff like that, I mean, that's going to be 
the practical effect for Ohio State is going to be that they're going to really hurt Penn State in recruiting. Penn State's supposed to be our big rival, and their home territory isn't just the state of Pennsylvania. It's supposed to be Maryland and New York and New Jersey. If Rutgers and Maryland, by the way, who had a top 20 class last year as well, can start keeping these kids away from Penn State, it's going to actively hurt the one program in the Big Ten that's structurally positioned to compete with Ohio State on an annual basis. So that's the real effect for Ohio State is we should be rooting for Rutgers to recruit pretty well based on New Jersey. Because then that's going to mean the Big Ten East is going to have a bunch of good teams, but not a lot of great teams that are going to be able to truly challenge Ohio State. If Maryland's keeping top 150 kids at home and Rutgers keeping top 150 kids at home, I mean, hell, Rutgers even has a commitment from a top 100 quarterback right now. Then they're going to be a pretty good program. They may be an interesting team to play, but they're going to hurt Penn State in terms of talent acquisition, and that's a good thing for Ohio State. Plus, the hilarity of Michigan being the fifth or sixth best program in the Big Ten East going forward is amazing to think about. I hope this continues. Great stuff, as always, from Matt Baxendale. Thank you very much, Bax. Thank you to all the listeners out there for tuning in to the show. We appreciate that very much. Hope everyone has a great day. Let's hear that Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.